Before we jump into the message today, I got to give a shout out to all the moms and dads with little kids. Come on, you know who you are that got those little kids out of bed when their little clocks are thrown all off, brought them here to church today. Come on, somebody, let's give them a hand. That's weak. That's weak. Come on, moms, you deserve better than that. Good job. Good job. And everyone who stayed home today, we love you. We here. Look at your neighbor and say, we here. Just may not be all the way awake yet. Oh, man. Hey, Easter, watch this, is five Sundays away. Five Sundays. It's coming fast. And so um, did you know that Easter is the biggest church day of the year? More people go to Easter church service than any other service ever, like for real. They always go to Easter. And so this is, this is what I want us to begin to do. I want you to begin to pray for somebody that you plan to invite. Somebody, you know, maybe they've been out of church for a long time. Maybe they don't attend a church. Somebody that the Lord has put on your heart. I want you to begin to pray for them. And as we get closer to Easter, invite them to the Easter service. Imagine if that friend was here with you in the Easter service and we're rocking out to wake up sleeper. They're like, what in the world is this? You know what I'm saying? And then the light shows doing all that thing that it was doing and we tape it, you know, anyway. Uh, imagine though, if they were here worshiping with you and also we're going to water baptize on Easter Sunday too, which is always awesome. So if you haven't gone public in your faith yet through water baptism, Man, Easter Sunday is the best day to do that. So that'll be coming up. All right. So y'all ready to jump into the message? So uh, we were in that breakthrough series. And uh, honestly, we could have kept going. Uh, but the Lord put something on my heart for uh, these next few weeks heading into uh, Easter. And while we were in that Acts chapter 8, I saw one thing that they were preaching in Samaria. They were preaching Jesus in the kingdom. Lives were being changed. So we're going to preach Jesus in the kingdom. Amen. Go to Colossians chapter 2, verse 6 through 10. Colossians 2, verse 6 through 10. And we will see if I can make it through the sermon with this water bottle staying right there. Create a little barrier. It always falls off. Get hype up here. Colossians 2, verse 6. It says, and now, say now. Now. Just as you accepted Christ Jesus as your Lord, I love this part, you must continue to follow him. Continue. To be continued. That means keep going, okay? Let your roots grow down into him and let your lives be built on him. Then your faith will grow strong in the truth you were taught and you will overflow with thankfulness. You'll wind up on the front row right here in the hype crowd. <laughs> Verse 8, don't let anyone capture you. God, I like that. Don't let anyone capture you with empty philosophies and high-sounding nonsense. How many of y'all heard some nonsense lately? Some nonsense. Just a bunch of nonsense that come from human thinking and from spiritual powers of this world rather than from Christ. For in Christ lives all the fullness of God in a human body, so you are also complete, man, through your union in Christ, who is the head over every ruler and every authority. Man, that is powerful scripture right there, am I right? You must continue. Don't get captured. and You are complete. Those three words just really just kept jumping out. I could just think, keep following Jesus. Don't get trapped and let God finish the work that he started in you. Today, I want to kick off a new series just straight and plain called Following Jesus. Following Jesus. Let's pray. Father, so grateful to be here with everyone worshiping you. Just so thankful, God, for your presence. Thank you for what you're doing in so many people's lives and Father, we, we're aware that you're on the move, even though the world is full of nonsense. We're still aware that your, your Holy Spirit is being poured out. And today, we want you to pour out your Spirit on us. And as this word goes forth today, I pray, God, it'll awaken something in us to, to continue 
to follow Jesus. No matter what, no matter what we're going through, no matter what the world throws at us, God, we want to continue to follow Jesus. So today, as we share this message, let it, let it encourage, let it awaken, let it inspire us to believe and to keep going in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Uh, when I was in fifth grade, it's crazy how you could be as young as I am and still remember things that occurred in the fifth grade. Um, I remember getting on the bus. We were leaving school. It was the last day of school. It was getting on the bus. And um, there was this guy that rode the bus with me. And just randomly, I mean, this was so very random. I, and I think this is why I remember it so well. He just asked me as we were stepping onto the bus, hey, do you believe in Jesus? Like, that's pretty random, am I right? Not, what are you doing this summer? <laughs> You know, like nothing like that. It was just, do you believe in Jesus? And um, my reply immediately was like, yeah, everybody does. Like that's, that was my reply. And then he said, uh, no, my brother doesn't. And um, and I remember he said, my brother told me that, that he just wants to tell us what to do. That's all Jesus is. He just wants to tell everybody um, what to do. And, and you know how, like, whenever somebody starts treading on some territory, like some sacred ground in your life, how you immediately get a little snappy? Like, like somebody starts talking about your mama. You know what I'm talking about? You just get snappy. You don't mean to, but it's like you cross the line. And I, I mean, I know I love the Lord and I am sanctified by the power of the Holy Spirit, but I'm talking about my mama. And that was kind of the feeling that I had uh, because it was like, how dare you start saying something? I don't care if your brother said it. It was like, I'll fight you right here, boy. <laughs> I mean, you know what I'm saying? I will fight you right here. Last day of school, they can't suspend me. You know, all the thoughts that go through your mind. And, um, and so he's just telling me what his brother said about Jesus. And this was my reply, okay? And this is so terrible. This is awful. This was my reply. Well, we go to church, so we believe in Jesus. That was my reply. And before you look at me like that's weak, you would have done the same thing too. You don't really know what you're saying. You're just trying to one-up what they just said. And it could have gone on and on and on all day long. But, but I felt it was like of all the things that I could think of and all the things that I could say, like that was a mic drop moment. And I said, well, we go to church and we believe in Jesus. It sounds like a little kid complaining because somebody took his ball. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's what it felt like. And, and, and I, I remember this story and thinking, why is that what came to mind whenever I'm challenged about believing Jesus? Why is it that I immediately go to some type of action that I am involved with to verify my belief in the almighty Savior who gave his life. All I got is, well, we go to church. We believe in Jesus. Leave me alone. You know what I'm saying? But I do think that that's as far as it goes for many people who call themselves believers. That's as far as it goes. That are somehow or another... Our belief in God is tied to some religious activities that we participate in. And listen, I tell you, when I come to church, I feel so much better about life. Am I right? Like all of you who are here today, that like that extra hour that you lost, you're like, Jesus is going to redeem that extra hour, but I ain't feeling it. They better have the good coffee today. And kids, don't you say a word. You know, all the feelings that you got. But like after you leave, you be like, that was so good. So glad that I went and we feel better about the day when and we're like, I needed that to get through my week. But then by Tuesday, we're, we're sliding back into heathenhood all over again. And we need another church service. We need a podcast. We need a song, play a song, anything to get me back. What if, though? What if there was some consistency in our walk with God that when we're challenged, watch this, not by a fifth grader but by a fifth grade situation, a fifth grade level situation in our life that tries to challenge our faith, we're not just responding with, well, I went to church on Sunday, but we're responding with, I have something in me that's greater than this thing that's coming against me. 
And this ain't going to take me down. And I don't have to get all snippy over some little bully who's messing with me because I've got something in me that's bigger than that. Amen? So what if, what if we could truly operate that way? This is what I've learned, that many people know about Jesus. They know about him, heard the stories, read books, got all the different books that are out there that you can read about Jesus, the little Jesus Bible stories for the kids before they go to bed. They're so good. All of the great stories that are out there that we can learn about, that we can hear about, we learn about them in history class. I mean, think about it. Jesus is so incredible that you, even in your public schools, have to learn about Jesus. That's incredible. He is such an important person in history. He's so important that you have to learn about him. But unfortunately, people know about him. But that doesn't, that doesn't mean that you actually have a relationship with him. Jesus wants you to really know him. I need, I need you to hear this today. And so much of this is going to sound elementary that you may be a little upset that it is not deeper, but can I tell you, this is so much deeper than what you give it credit for, because if you truly understood how much God loved you, I, I get it. You say, Pastor Wade, that's for the Emerge Kids to learn. I need you to know you need to go to Emerge Kids and learn this lesson, because if you truly knew how much God loved you, you would run to the throne of God and say, God, I need you. You're so much better than I have ever given you credit for. And all of the religious attempts to try to describe you do not even come close to fulfilling how amazing you are. To think that God can love you beyond your worst issue. Come on, that is unbelievable. And we hear that and it's like, that's good, that's good. But if you really, really knew it, if you really knew it, it would change your life forever. And what I'm going to share with you today and over the next few weeks, I'm telling you will change your life forever. I know it's going to sound simple, but if you accept the simple truths that I'm going to share with you over the next few weeks, your walk with God will be ignited like it has never, ever been before. And this isn't just coffee hype because we lost an hour. This is the truth of the gospel. Amen? It's the truth. So we're starting this, this, this series today, Following Jesus. And today I want to talk about following Jesus is a relationship. Following Jesus is a relationship. I know you can come up and preach it. It's not about rules. It's about a relationship, right? That's what we say. It's not about, and most of the time that's so we don't have to have rules. For real? Yeah? You got it? That's what we usually do. But if we're, if we're going to say it's not about rules, it's about relationships, how much work, how much effort, how much emphasis are we putting on the relationship part? And that's what I really want to do today is focus in on the relationship. Now, you've heard about relationship with Jesus. It's so much common language in the church. Okay, It's so common. But this is the way that we like to spell that out. Okay, this is how we like to spell it out. And we all have our different ways depending on our background. Many people will say it like this. I got saved. Amen. Look at your neighbor and just tell them, I got saved. And put a little accent on it. I got saved. That's how we, we, we like to say it. I got saved. Here's the next one. Here's the next one for those who like to like spell that out. I gave my life to Jesus. Am I right? Like these are, these are the common things we say. I got saved when I was 10. I gave my life to Jesus at the youth camp. Watch this one. I am a Christian. Got the fish on the car. You know what I'm saying? Like these are the things that we come up with. And, and somehow we feel so secure in these types of words. We feel like this is it. I'm saved. I'm saved. And we feel so relieved that we are saved from our sins, and we, we write it down, I'm going to heaven. And so it's all about saved for heaven, but what about between the day you got saved and the day you go to heaven? You know what I'm saying? What about all that time in between? Because God isn't finished just because you got saved, he just got started. So when you gave your life to Jesus, it wasn't just, all right, you're not a sinner no more. You're forgiven. See, in heaven, it's, all right, you're saved. 
Let's take the next step. And let's keep going because God has just gotten started with your life. So I want you to write this down. Following Jesus isn't an event or a label. It's not just the day that you walk down to the uh, altar. It's not just the day that you prayed the prayer. It's not the day that you put the Christian label on. Okay? Following Jesus is none of those things. Following Jesus is a relationship that begins the day that you surrender your life to Jesus. And it continues every day as you walk with him. As you walk with him. Again, I know this is, it sounds very elementary, but if you really lock in and, and absorb this and apply this to your life, you will see that your walk with God will be ignited. You will see, it, it, it will literally be, how did I let it become so rudimentary? How did I let my relationship with God become so rigid and stale? How did I let my relationship with God become so much about outward instead of this inward connection that God wants to have with me? So the question to ask as we kick off this series today is this. Do you know him? Like, like not just about him. Like, not how many verses can you quote? Not how many stories can you tell? What I want to know is, do you know him? Like, know him, know him. So, let me break it down like this. I'm a nickname kind of person. Okay, I love to give people nicknames. And there are several people in my life, I gave them a nickname years ago, and it's still sticking with them. Like, it, it literally was like a Simon to Peter moment in their life, or so I think. Um, Cynthia and I have a nickname for each other. She knew it was coming. And it isn't one of them fancy ones like you got. Like some of y'all, y'all just go with the basic names like Bay. B-A-E. You know what I'm saying? You got it in your phone, Bay. Others of you, you go in with like Baby. Some of you, you go on, you, you're taking it a whole nother level and it's like Baby Cakes and stuff like that. We got Bert. Bert. I know, I know. Laugh at me all you want, but it's been working for 20 plus years, 25 plus years. Still going, huh, Bert? So uh, I'm going to explain it to you. Just calm down. Got to. I, got, I, got, I need this. I need this to give me leverage with this message, baby. It's for the kingdom. When we started dating, um, whenever I would call her, or she would call me. This was before text messaging. This was before cell phones. It's like the house phone. You know what I'm saying? It was cordless, though. Uh, <laughs> clean that old. So whenever we would call each other, it went from hello to yellow. You know what I'm saying? Yellow. And the more comfortable you got with each other, I remember one time whenever she called. How many of y'all ever seen Sesame Street? Y'all remember Bert and Ernie? Hebert. <laughs> so one day when she called, I was like, Hebert. <laughs> and that's where it came from. Now, I know you think that's cute. True story. Cynthia was eating lunch one day with colleagues, and she received a phone call. And the colleagues didn't know it was me. So she's talking to this person using all the love language. And she said, okay, Bert, I'll talk to you later. I love you. She hangs up. And all of the people at the table look at her because they're good friends, and they say, um, you want to tell me what's going on here? Who is Bert, and why is that not Wade? <laughs> These are true stories, man. I mean, this is the stuff. But for some reason, that stuck with us, and we've been calling each other Bert for 26, 27 years. Hey, Bert. It's a relationship thing. A relationship thing. And, and, and people did this with Jesus, by the way. We, we often don't catch this in Scripture, but people did this with Jesus. And I'll show you. In Matthew chapter 1, verse 21, you know the little Christmas story? And she, she shall have a son. That's hard to say. And she will have a son. There you go. And you are to name him Jesus. That's his name. Name him Jesus, for he will save his people from his sins. But watch this in verse 23. 
and they will call him Emmanuel. His name is Jesus, but they're calling him Emmanuel. His name is Jesus, but that ain't what they're calling him. They're calling him Emmanuel, God with us. There's, there's this presentation of relationship. And, and now that you hear that, you're beginning to see, do I have the kind of relationship with Jesus that it's all formal? Or is it becoming personal to where it's not just almighty Jesus Christ, but it's like Emmanuel, God who is with me. Wonderful counselor. We could go through all these different things that he was called. His name was Jesus, but the relational component brings you to a place to where it's almost like we have a nickname. You know what I'm saying? And I know that might sound cheesy, but anyway, it's my sermon, and that's how I wanted to preach it today. So watch this. Many people know him by name. Like, oh, people know Jesus. They know about the name of Jesus. But do you know who he is? Like many people, they know about superstars, okay? And it's amazing how much influence we will give to someone who is very popular, an influencer, a sports star, how, how very uh, known they are. But you don't really know them. You don't, you, you, you really don't know them. You know about them. And, and it's amazing how we, we allow that influence in our lives, but we don't really know them. We know their names. And if we hear their name, it catches our attention and that's good. But do you really know the person and it's the same with Jesus? We know him by name, but do you know who he really is? Do, do you like really know who he is in your life? Like what if all Jesus is to you? is the almighty savior. That's it. And some of you would say, that's enough for me, preacher. You are limiting yourself because Jesus is so much more than that. And if you really got to know him, you will find that who he is can be involved in every single aspect of your life. And here's what I've learned through living life. I need him. I need him in all capacities. Amen. I, need, I don't just need him to get into heaven. I need him to help me make it through Walmart. Come on, somebody. Like, I need Jesus in all his capacity. So you can have a relationship with Jesus and not know the reality of God with us. That's what I'm trying to help you to see. Is you can know Jesus by name. But do you know him as God with you in every situation? And as you're hearing that, you're already visualizing how incredible would it be to know Jesus as God with me in the doctor's office, to know him as God with me in the principal's office with my kid, or better yet, God with me in the office with all those people I work with or on the Zoom because I can't handle those people in person. God with us what if i knew him this way consider this okay god loved us so much that he became flesh grab this he became flesh all so that he could have a relationship with us jesus coming being born through the virgin mary Enduring through everything that he went through, all the pain, all the suffering, all the miracles, all the teachings, all the everything was for the purpose of having a relationship with you. That's what it was for. I know, I know we're going to hear a lot about relationship today, a whole lot about it. And you know these things, but I have to try to make this so personal for you to see and have a revelation that this relationship is so much more than the formalities of Christianity. It is so personal. It is so amazing to have this relationship with God and to think that God loved you so much. Think this, that Jesus would leave the amenities of heaven and step down onto earth and endure all the trials, the suffering, and the temptations that comes with being on this planet and endured through every last bit of it and didn't even sin. Because he wanted a relationship with you. Now, there's a lot of people that love us, y'all. 
But for somebody to love you that much is next level. And how dare we limit our Christianity to formality whenever we get the opportunity to have a personal relationship with him, to know him as God with us. Amen? Amen. So watch this. He came into the world and lived as a man so that we could relate to him. So that it wouldn't just be formal. So that it could be relational. If he didn't come down and he was just God in the sky, it would always be ceremonial. It always would be formal. It always be, bless you, brother, God Almighty. It would never be, God, I need you with me. But he knew there would be a gap. He knew there would be a separation. And so he came down from heaven, stripped himself of all of that. To come to earth and walk as a man so that you and I could relate to him. Let me, let me show it to you in scripture. Hebrews 12, 17. That's why he had to enter into every detail of human life. Then when he came before God as a high priest, meaning a representative, to get rid of all of the people's sins, our sins, he would have already experienced it all himself. All of the temptations all of the troubles, the stress and the agony, he has walked through it. He can relate to what you feel. He can relate to what's on your heart and what's on your mind. He can relate to it. Isn't that amazing? That he didn't just say, hey, I'll help you. He said, I will walk with you through it. And if need be, I will go first to make a way because you don't see a way, but I will make a way for you so that you can get through it too. Isn't that amazing? He would have already experienced it all himself, all the pain, all the testing, and would be able to help where help was needed. He already knew the help you needed before you even got to that point. He knew it because he went through it. This time of the year is where we really begin to reflect on the life of Jesus. The journey to the cross. The pain and the suffering of the crucifixion and the glory of the resurrection. But let's not miss what it was for. It wasn't just so that we can have an Easter service once a year and have the Super Bowl moment for the church. It was for you to get through all of the mess, all of the stuff, man. So this is what I want you to see. When you look at the life of Jesus on earth, you see why he was called God with us. And I'll sum it up this way. He understands. In all of the times that I have spent talking with people who are going through things, this is what I have learned. They're not always looking for answers. They're looking for someone who understands what they're going through. I see a lot of people nodding their head. Just someone to be with them in the fire. Someone to be with them in the flood. Someone to walk with them and just keep your mouth shut because I don't need you to say nothing. I just need you to come with me. Amen? How many of y'all do you know? You need people like that. Come on. So when I look at this whole picture of Jesus, I can sum it up with this. He understands. Watch this. He understands relationships. Did you know Jesus had a family? Jesus had brothers. Jesus had a mama. Jesus had a dad, like a stepdad kind of role. I don't, I'm not quite sure what you call Joseph, but it was a dad. And listen, if those relationships in our lives today are challenging, you cannot tell me that Jesus, the son of God, with Joseph running the show at the house, there wasn't some moments where it's like, okay, who's really in charge here? I know you're God in the flesh, but like, I'm the man of my house. And tell me what to do, boy. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, how do you work that out? We, we never think of that. You know what I'm saying? We never think of that. Oh, Jesus was great. He never sinned. Well, I know he never sinned, but if I'm Joseph, I'm thinking, where, where, where are we at with this? Like, who, who's the Lord of the house? <laughs> you remember when Jesus stayed behind whenever they were leaving Jerusalem and they couldn't find Jesus? That's a bad day as a parent if you lose Jesus. And they couldn't find Jesus. And then when they find him, he says, didn't you know I'd be about my father's business? Okay, little God child, okay. Am I right? Like, 
What do you do if you're Joseph? I tell you what my dad would have done. Where's the fitting room at in here? Take you in there and straight. This will never happen again. I grew up with what I would call the fear of Jimmy. That was my dad's name, the fear of Jimmy with an I-E on the end. Okay? Which helped me learn the fear of the Lord. That was a good thing, by the way. Some of y'all like, don't talk about that. Okay. Think about it, though. There were some challenges in that house. There had to be. If they knew that Jesus was like the Son of God, you cannot tell me as a parent when there's like a situation where you need like something to happen. It's like, hey, Jesus, you're, I mean, you're God. You can kind of just do this and make it happen. Like, you wonder, did they threaten him? Boy, if you don't work this miracle. <laughs> he understands. He understands relationships. Hey, he had friends. He had disciples. Remember those moments where he, in, in Scripture, I love it because it kind of gives us a little sneak peek where he says this to him: how long do I have to put up with you? Boy, that sounds like a parenting moment, am I right? I mean, if you can get away with saying anything, that's one because it's in Scripture, right? But he has relationships with these guys, and he says things like this because he understands relationship. He understands life. Meaning this, he was tempted. Jesus was legitimately tempted, and he was tested just like we are, and he didn't give in to it. And he didn't give in to it because he wanted to make a way for you and I to not give in to it. He was already working before we even knew we needed the help. He was going before us, but he understands life. He understands the temptation. He understands pain. He understands what it's like to be at your lowest. He understands what it's like to be rejected. He understands pain and suffering. And when you look at the cross, how everyone abandoned him. In the middle of a moment that was the most tragic in his life, he went through it and he feels it. He understands. Is that the Jesus that we're walking with? Is that the Jesus that on a daily basis that you have a relationship with? Or is it just Jesus is at church? Or is it just Jesus is over there and when I need him, I will call on him? Or Jesus is just in the Bible? Or Jesus is just on K-Love? Am I right? Or is this Jesus who understands involved in the everyday life? That we're living. I'll say it simple like this. He invites us into a relationship with him. He invites us. He's not threatening. He's just inviting us into this relationship with him. And the relationship with Jesus takes Jesus from just being a religious figure. Watch this. And makes him a relating friend. From just being a religious figure, he becomes a relatable friend. Someone who can walk with you, someone that you can understand. And people get nervous when you start calling Jesus friend because it sounds like Jesus is my homeboy. Y'all remember that t-shirt that everybody was wearing? But Pastor, you need to make sure you tell him Jesus is Lord. Well, he is Lord, but he's also a friend. And, and the Bible says that he is a friend who sticks closer than a brother. That's Proverbs 18.24. Watch, let me read it to you so you can get it. There are friends who pretend to be friends, but there is a friend who sticks closer than a brother. And that, my friends, is Jesus. Let's make it plain and simple today, okay? Number one, make Jesus your best friend. I know, you're sitting there saying, oh, this is perfect for Emerge Kids. This is perfect for the moms and dads who sent their kids to Emerge Kids. Make Jesus your best friend. Watch this in John 15, verse 15. This is Jesus speaking. He says, I no longer call you servants because a servant does not know his master's business. You know your best friend's business, and they know yours. They can tell when you're lying, and they just tell you, you a liar. 
And other people can't do that. Other people do that to you. You're like, I'm sorry. Excuse me. Your best friend, they could call you all this stuff. They could tell you stuff like, mm -mm, don't wear that. Why? Do you really need me to tell you? And they will cross that line. All for your sake. And you let them do it. And you do it too. That's what best friends do. The verse says, I no longer call you servants because a servant does not know his master's business. Instead, I have called you friends for everything that I have learned from my father. I made it known to you. Jesus isn't hiding it from you. He's trying to give it to you. That's why I say he's inviting us into this relationship. And when Jesus is your friend, watch this. I'm no longer doing life and all the things that I do for him. I'm doing it all with him. It's different. And so I'm not trying to constantly earn the relationship. I'm in the relationship. He's already paid the price for it. So the relationship can be secure. So I don't have to walk around thinking, oh, my goodness, if I don't do it exactly right, there goes the friendship. Because he's already established the friendship through his covenant with us, y'all. And so now, instead of just living life for him, I go to church for him. No, no, no. I go to church with him. When I serve, I don't serve for him. I serve with him. I'm a, watch this. This is what the Bible says. I'm a co-laborer with Christ. It doesn't say I'm a laborer for Christ. And this is where so many people get burned out. This is where so many people get burned because it's always I'm doing it for. I'm doing, I did all of that for you. And this is what I get in return. And I think Jesus is saying, I just wanted you to do it with me. When Cynthia and I were dating and we were studying for school, we were in two different schools, two different classes. Hey, will you come over tonight? Yeah, I got to study. Yeah, I got to study too. I just want you to come study with me. I just want you to be there. Right? Are you grabbing this today? I just, hey, Jesus, when I go have this meeting, this big meeting at work, I just want you to be there. I, I just want you to be there with me. When I sit down with my kids to have that really tough talk, I just need you to be there with me. But what are we doing? I was like, oh, Jesus, oh, God, please, God. If you can do anything for me, please, please, oh God, make this meeting go well. But what if he was there with me? It changes our temperament. Changes our outlook of it. This is why I need to share this with you because so many believers are caught up in the little, the little uh, hamster wheel of what more can I do for God? What more can I do for him that I'm not going to feel this way? I guess I won't feel as much anxiety if I did more for God. And you're just running, 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 ragged, wearing yourself out. And Jesus is just like, what are you doing? How many times do we overcompensate spiritually to make up for a failure? Am I right? We, 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 we have a, a, a terrible week, and we know, we know we said some things we didn't need to say. Reacted in some way, did a bunch of stuff. And, and it's like, okay, God, get back on track. And get to church on Sunday, and all of a sudden, we got our super Christian costume on. And it's like, I got to clean that all up. Really, it's I don't want anybody to know. I was acting like a fool this week. Jesus like, I was there the whole time. I was wondering what you were doing. Look crazy, man. That's best friend kind of language, by the way. Am I right? What, what are, come here. What are you doing? By the way, you got to have those friends in your life. Can I just slide that in right there? You got to. You got to have that friend that says, mm -mm. not just don't wear that, but like, don't talk like that. Don't think like that. You got to have those friends. Jesus, what if, he, if you made him your best friend? This is what I learned about best friends. They have a lot of influence on us. We ask them about decisions. Hey, what do you think I should do? Imagine if Jesus had that kind of status in your life. It would be a game changer. Rather than just Lord Almighty, what if it was Jesus, my friend? It would change the temperature of your life, the culture of your home. It would change so just think about your walk with God, how different it would be if he was your friend. Here's number two. This is a simple one, too. 
Talk to him daily. Talk to him daily. Watch this. Relationships excel where there is communication. Oh, we know that. Relationships excel when there is communication. So watch this. Following Jesus is communicating with him. It's just having that conversation with him daily. Not just, oh God, the whole world is falling apart. God, I love you. Thank you for being there with me through that little thing at work yesterday. Thank you for helping me stay calm when I had to address that thing at the house. Because usually I would fly off the handle and have to apologize to everybody. But now I don't have to apologize. I can say thank you. Game changer. Communication. You know what that is? That's prayer. See, if I just told you pray every day, you would immediately go into doing something for him. If we talk about reading the Bible, it's, i got to do this for him. And if I don't read the Bible, I'm a sinner. That is not how it works. And for whatever religious constraints that we put on ourselves to make ourselves think that if I don't read the Bible, that I have sinned, that is not correct. But I can tell you this, if you do read the Bible, it's going to help you not sin. I mean, we get this so twisted, so backwards, but if it was relational and you saw it as, I need to communicate with my friend because that's what friends do, and you prayed from that perspective, we would pray a lot more. Yeah. No wonder no wonder Paul said, I pray without ceasing. Exactly. It wasn't because he went locked himself in some kind of room to prove his spirituality. It was this relationship that he had with Jesus that he knew, if I'm going to make it through all the things that I'm walking through, I need my friend with me. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. I, I need to talk to him. So if we're going to make him our best friend, that means we have to talk to him daily. Can I tell you that Jesus wants to hear from you? He wants to hear from you. And watch this. He will speak to you. He will speak to you. That is the beauty of this relationship with God. So I make Jesus my best friend. I talk to him daily. Watch this, number three. I trust him with my life. There are certain people in your life that you trust your kids with. And there are other people, uh-uh. No, no. Oh, just let us keep the kids. Keep the kids? You can't even keep yourself. Y'all know what I'm talking about? You know what I'm talking Y'all hear me? I know. It's like, who do you think you are? I mean... Oh, you're one of those parents that don't let anybody watch? No, 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 no. We let people watch our kids, just not you. <laughs> Why not? Because we love our kids. <laughs> what, you don't love me? We, we, we love you too. And we love you enough not to let our kids stay with you. It's amazing how we trust people with something that is so precious to us. And we've had friends that we said this. We've had really good friends. And we have said this. I will trust them with my life because they are that good of a friend. Come on, y'all know what I'm talking about. I, I would trust them with all of my money. I would give them all of my passwords and I wouldn't have to worry about a thing. Am I right? We have those kinds of friends. What if we trusted Jesus like this? What if we trusted Jesus from the aspect of Jesus I trust you with everything. I, you can come in my house anytime you want. You don't even need the key. I got you one on your key ring already. Come on. You can go in the shed and use whatever tool you want. You come in the freezer and steal all the ground meat. I know, I'm trying. Listen, I want to bring this right to our level because I want to help people to see what a real relationship with God is instead of pretending with some kind of formality that is lifeless and we're missing out because it is right there. All of the life that God wants to give you, all of the fullness of life that God wants to give you, it comes through this relationship and too many people are missing it because they're pretending with church. 
and they're just trying to be more religious. And all along, God's saying, I don't want you to be religious. I just want a relationship with you. And if this relationship grows, we're going to make it through some things. And I'll help you do some things you never thought that you could do. This is what I know. Relationships take trust. They take trust. Relationships that last take trust. Do you trust Jesus? Here's the verse in Psalm 37. Commit everything you do to the Lord. Trust him and he will help you. Imagine a good friend. You've got a lot on your plate. If that good friend says, hey, let me take care of that for you. I'm just so relieved and so thankful that you would do that for me. You've got a friend who says, let me take the burden of that shame that you've been carrying for so long. And and let me me carry that guilt because it doesn't look good on you. You've been wearing that anxiety that doesn't fit you. Come on. Game changer. You've been trying to build that all by yourself. I'm right here. Let me help you do that. It's a game changer. It's a friend that understands. It's a friend that's involved. And the question for each and every one of us is this. Do I really trust him as a friend? Or is he just God up there in the sky? And whenever all hell breaks loose, I got to hit the 911 button for him to come down on the scene when he could have been with me all along. He could have been right there with me all along. See, following Jesus, it's not casual. It's commitment. Jesus is God with us. So watch this. Hey, Jesus, I'm with you. You're with me. I'm with you. I'm counting on you. I'm leaning on you. I'm depending on you. You're the answer. You're the friend that sticks closer than a brother. Every head bowed, every eye closed. Every Sunday, we talk about this relationship with God. And it becomes so traditional. It almost feels like a script. Today, I hope you see the benefit and the blessing of a a relationship with Jesus. To do life with Him. As we go through this series, we're going to unpack so many different things about following Jesus that I think is going to accelerate your relationship with him. It's going to set you on fire. But if you're here today and perhaps you've had religion for a long time. In fact, you may have had a religious upbringing. And for so long, that has been what you have leaned on. The idea and all of the information about Jesus but as you're hearing this today, you, 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 you can plainly see the invitation to be in a relationship with Jesus. Perhaps you're here today and you've had no religious upbringing, know nothing about God, new to all of this. And as you hear this, you're trying to put the pieces together, trying to figure out what to do. But you've seen the versions, you've seen all the different people and heard the conversations, and you're trying to formulate how this all works. Today, Jesus is inviting you into a relationship with him. Perhaps you have lived your life because of your experience with religion where you said, I want nothing to do with this because it just looks controlling. It looks like I, that is not me. You've said those very words that I'm just not that kind of man. I'm not that kind of person. I don't do those kinds of things. Today, Jesus is inviting you into a relationship with him. 
Perhaps you're a believer here and you have a strong relationship with God. And throughout the entire message, underneath your breath, you're saying, yes, amen, yes, amen. Preach that thing, Pastor Wade. Right now, I ask you to pray for every person here and every person who is watching that does not have a relationship with Jesus because you know what this could mean for them. It could change everything in their lives. If you're here today and you do not have a relationship with Jesus, where you have accepted him, not just as your Lord and Savior, but as your friend who will give you a brand new start, forgive your sins and help you to have a new heart, a new mind, a new outlook, and a new relationship with him. If you do not know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you do not have a relationship with him. Today is the day. I want you to lift up your hand and say, Pastor, will you pray for me? Because I want a relationship with Jesus. And you better believe there's going to be everything that tries to keep you from doing it. Anyone else, perhaps you've leaned on, 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 the, strong, uh, on the strength of a religion before, but it wasn't strong enough to get you through that. And you realize, I need more than a religion. I need Jesus. I need a relationship with Jesus. Anyone else would just lift up their hand. You say, Pastor, wait, why do you do this? Why? Because I know the importance of the relationship. Anyone else? I got you, brother. Anyone else would say, Pastor, pray for me. I got you, little man. Anyone else say, pray for me. Today is my day. Yep, yep, yep. Who else? I need a relationship. Got you. Anyone else? I need a relationship with Jesus. I don't want religion. I want a relationship. He's inviting you. He's inviting you. Your life is going to change. Come on, church. I want us all to pray this prayer. I promise you today it's going to mean so much more. It's going to mean so much more. I know you pray it every week, but today is going to mean so much more. Pray this prayer. Say, Dear Lord, thank you for loving me even when you've seen me at my worst. Thank you for leaving heaven and going to the cross and walking through all the pain, all the suffering, so that you could relate so that I could relate. Thank you for going to the cross and taking the punishment that I deserved so that I could be forgiven. Today I give my life to you. I choose to follow you. I want a relationship with you. I surrender all of my life I choose you to be the influence, to be the Lord, to be my Savior, to be my friend. In Jesus' name, amen.